What up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host and born-again Survivor superfan, Jacob Hollaball. And as will be the case for each and every week of Survivor 45, I have the honor of being joined by someone much more fitting of the Survivor Historian moniker. You know and love him from co-hosting the Challenge Fandom podcast, the one, the only, the great, the magnificent, Tony Lance. Tony, how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad at all. Stoked to be able to talk Survivor once again. It's been a long time coming. We had quite the premiere episode, I've got to (laughs) say, especially if you listen to our, if you listen to any part of our three hour, almost three hour long preview (laughs) podcast, thank you. That is unbelievable of you. These recaps will not be three hours. We promise to try our best for them not to be that. We will see. But uh my expectations going into the season based on the trailer were a little tepid and wow, the first episode, um, there's a lot to talk about. So we will get to it quick, pretty quick here, but before we do programming reminders up top, um, uh, yeah, quick ones to run through before we begin. The main one is for this podcast survivor story and Tony and I will be back every week. Now it could be on Thursdays, could be on Fridays, could be over the weekend, could be on a Monday night, like tonight. We don't know. We're not promising anything on a day of delivery. Both have very busy lives. And I should say Tony has a family. Okay. And I'm (laughs) poaching him to come over and do an extra podcast on top of the pot he already does and everything else. So we're not promising any day. We are promising to try our best to be here each and every week. And when that is, we will see, we will try to our best to be as early after the episode as possible, but sometimes it'll be Mondays. Sometimes it'll be Thursdays. Who knows, but we're going to do our best to be here each and every week. The second program reminder then, of course, Challenge USA rolling on. I guess there's three more episodes. I didn't think that was the case, but I I think there's three more. Maybe there's two more. No one knows. TV guide doesn't even know. Okay. (laughs) So, but either way, Thursday nights this week, episode 12, we will be back for Challenge USA. I will be back doing those solo recaps and then for the next couple of weeks. And then finally, We're officially three and a half weeks from Challenge 39 debuting, which means we are two weeks away from the premiere podcast for the uh, preview podcast for that. So keep an eye out. Make sure you're getting yourself hyped for what I think is going to be an unbelievable season of the challenge. And if you're not stoked, if you're one of those fans, it's all up in arms about the cast. Well, I think you're wrong. We'll just go with that. That's your current preview for season 39. You're wrong if you think if you have any negative opinions of the cast, you're wrong. Come back and listen to the full preview and understand why that's program reminders for me, Tony, what's going down on challenge fandom this week or in the recent history here. We did a recap of this past week's episode. It is now up and running uh, both on YouTube and on Spotify, as well as everywhere else that you do all the podcasting things. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're going to get right down to it. I don't even know how the timing works out on USA versus 39. There might be like a small gap or we might actually have to pull double duty at one point of a finale of third. Of we'll be one USA week two. into the other. If it's yeah. 14, which I believe it now is, um, then it will be Thursday finale will air and six days later on Wednesday, the 25th, the premiere will air. Um, yeah. So on this feed, I, I, I guess we'll just have a bunch of podcasts that particular week because I will, of course, then do a full season recap on basically 
the day after the day of the premiere of 39. That'll be a little weird how we time that out, but yeah, that'll be happening. And of course, everything challenge fandom related linked below in the show notes. If you're not following, listening, subscribing, all the good things, get on it. The links are down there for you to use after this agenda. Let's talk today. Survivor 45 premiere episode. The agenda for the podcast. For those that listen to the challenge historian recaps, the format here is going to feel fairly familiar. Pretty straightforward concept we're working with here. We're going to go kick things off by more or less walking through the episode segment by segment. Anything worth commenting on, any opinions to give, going to do that. This edition will probably be a little more robust than possible episodes of the future, but hopefully this season gives us unbelievable content for 90 minutes every week, and there's ton to talk about. We will see. So we'll give our thoughts each segment of the show, then some other high-level opinions or storylines before moving into awards, and then some power rankings, predictions, hopes, and wishes for the next week. So that's what we've got in store for you Tony, are you ready to dive into this kind of batshit crazy premiere episode of Survivor 45? I am absolutely ready. Let's do this. All right. Then I am too. Hope you are as well, listeners. Thank you as always for being here. Hit that subscribe button. Let's dive in Survivor 45 episode one recap. All right. So to kick things off, we will kind of go chronological through the episode and then at the end of that, we might come back to some kind of more high level thoughts if there is anything storyline wise that we miss. But it's the opening episode. Every segment of the premiere episode has has ramifications, matters. It's our first time meeting these people. There's lots to cover. So let's kick it off with the opening first impressions, the boat ride in and the opening challenge. I guess the first impressions before we even get to the challenge, we've got the boat rides in. And then we've got them up on the barge with Jeff kind of having their first conversations, meeting their teams for the first time. What stuck out or who potentially stuck out to you from the boat ride part and who I think they got a good six or seven people that got, you know, confessionals and close-ups during the boat ride in and then another three or four during on the barge. So we got to meet at least about half of the cast pretty quickly and get the quick little bio snippet who stuck out or what stuck out to you during that part. I'm going to be very like old man yells at cloud right out of the gate. Um, I did not like the intro music. They had like this weird mishmash of like new music, but then there was like an underlay of the actual survivor music. So then I kept like, I kept writing this down and deleting it because I kept thinking that they were going to actually play the proper music at the proper time and then they didn't um so that was strangely that's something that really stuck out to me is that they messed with the music so on that note uh two questions because i had seen someone i believe maybe it was brian cohen from uh the who does the challenge recaps for rob has a podcast uh yeah. it might have been him if it wasn't sorry to whoever else it was and Good job by you, Brian, for getting some extra credit, Uh, but mentioned that there was also they had potentially been promised or thought there was going to be the intro sequence again, and there wasn't. And so is that a thing that Survivor fans are clamoring for that to come back? And then my other kind of question off that that I hadn't thought of, what time do you want your... Tony Canadian, for those who don't know, uh, what time do you get to watch these episodes? And is anything ever different? on your broadcast versus the US broadcast to your knowledge or not? Because that has been a thing on the challenge and a couple other shows where like the broadcast is a tiny bit different. Usually it's like one profanity word is allowed here and not here or something, but I didn't know if maybe you got an intro sequence, who knows? No, I did not. Um, So yeah, so in Canada, Survivor pretty much like 
as far as I know, we get exactly what you get. Um, airs at nine here. Um, the challenge we tend when there's tends to be things missing, it tends to be music. They'll play different music versus actual music that they have the rights to in that the states. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is hours streams on the CTV app after the fact. So because of that, it doesn't show up on Paramount Plus. So I don't, and if it does, it shows up like four or five days later to the yeah, past the point the of usefulness. Point. Yeah. Um, so with the challenge, we don't get a, like uh, an unedited version as far as profanity goes. On Survivor, it doesn't really happen anyway because it's pretty much a CBS show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I'm we to the best of my knowledge, we absolutely get just the same one. I was also looking for opening like the intro. It helps because at the start, not only are you trying to figure out the tribe names, but you're also trying to put faces with names of all the competitors. So the intro is super helpful and you can remember them so much quicker. It's so necessary. And I don't understand yeah. why. I don't know. The, I, I, I would love to hear the argument against it. If they're like, we think we have so much good content that we can't spare 25 seconds or whatever it takes, right. but especially the opening episodes and especially a show like survivor where everyone is brand new. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, and we're obviously going to get to this episode. I, I don't know what the breakdown would be in the past of the first episode or two, how much they try to balance everyone getting a little time each each uh, tribe getting time, even, you know, over and above the one that lost or whatnot. Obviously this episode, I don't know what the breakdown was, but Lulu got a, the bulk of the time. I feel like we yeah. almost didn't even see, let alone hear from or learn anything about almost anyone on the other two tribes. We'll get to all that. Yeah. The couple people I will say point out on the boat entrance, the first one, they open strong. It's always interesting who gets the first, first <laughs> spot. And it's yep. my guy, Drew, who I'm, tepidly think that I might really enjoy on this show because his opening statement is that he's one of the smartest people that they've ever had on survivor. And that's just a great way for like a 21 year old or whatever he is to be like, yeah, I'm clearly smarter than everyone in 44 seasons of this. Um, amazing. So I like that all the way he did. He didn't, it wasn't the most, I'm making it sound more cocky than it was. He like yeah. couches it in like a bunch of, a bunch of preamble and postamble, but Regardless, in my mind, I was like, Drew just said he was one of the smartest people that's ever played Survivor. That's amazing. Hell yes. I need that type of energy. And then we get, we knew Jake lives with his grandmother. Um, I I mean, I know student loans are tough in the States, but he is an attorney and he seems to be like, I forget how old he is, but I don't know. It seems, it seems like you shouldn't need to win a million dollars on Survivor to not live with your grandma. But if you're just trying to stack checks, I'm all for it. That's a great, great idea. Yeah. And then- yeah, those were the only ones that really stuck out from the boat ride in other than Emily did stick out of borderline saying I'm either going to win or go home first because I believe she does say verbatim. Yeah, it's not worth being here. If you don't win, it's not worth being here it's any of the other days. So I might as well go out first. And yeah. who would have thought that she was going to live up to that? Because then we get to the boat <laughs> and the main thing to talk about before the actual challenge itself is, of course, they, he talks to a couple people. It's nice. Brandon, you know, is of the many people that get emotionally joyful of like, I can't believe this is happening. Brandon yeah. is the spotlight of like, I can't believe I'm here doing this. Wonderful, great stuff. But then they introduce Bruce. And first and foremost, Bruce looking trim. 
Bru- yep. uh, very clearly in different physical shape than when he came in before, which my mind was like, Bruce, you, that was going to happen. If you stay out here for more than a day this time, like you didn't need to do that coming in, dude, you should have kept, you actually kind of want some of that, I think, but Bruce gets, you know, introduced. Everyone's like, we know who Bruce is. And it seems like it's just going to be a nice. Hello. Bruce is here. And then no. And then Emily is like, uh, Jeff, I would like to speak on Bruce real quick. And I would like to say that everything he said is bullshit. And he does have an advantage (laughs) because at least a mental advantage, he has been here and she just goes right at him for no reason. No, no initiation from Jeff, which we, um, heard on, I did. I only listened to the beginning of the on fire podcast, Jeff Probst and the host and fan, or, you know, the three people they got hosting that we will talk about some things from that podcast that came out from that podcast a little later on, but I did get to the part where they confirmed that was not like, there was no editing. It wasn't like a question was asked to Emily or a question was asked of the group. Like, does everyone agree with Bruce or do you think he has advantages? No, it was her just being like, um, I would like to say this is bullshit. So (laughs) were you take as taken aback as I was? And it seems like almost everyone was by this moment. Yeah. A hundred percent because it was unprovoked. It was, she, she hadn't even been addressed yet. And it was very much like, uh, excuse me, I don't appreciate that Bruce is here. And I don't think that any of us should give him the time of day because he's already been here. This is our adventure. You've already had your shot. It's unbelievable. I, She's the I best. mean, like, props to her for just being like, yo, this is how it is. But that is one hell of a... Like, the same way that Brandon said that he made a very sizable first impression to 18 other players. So did Emily. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that, that was a take. Would you, if you're on the other tribe, two different opinions, we'll get to her tribe later. If you're on the tribe with Bruce, does (laughs) her statement impact you in any way? And if you're on the third tribe, the neutral tribe, as it would be in this, does this impact you in any way? Because I, I think it does. If I'm on Bruce's tribe, I do look at it of like, holy shit, I can't believe that chick just said this. But then instantly, and I think they reference this on on fire of, I guess that does give it, if you're looking for positives for why Emily would do it, it does give Bruce's tribe like, we weren't even the first ones to bring it up. Like if we were to lose a thing, like we didn't even bring it up. Everyone's thinking it. Everyone on the other tribes thinking it like, you know, so like, is like kind of like here i'll give you an excuse from this other tribe but otherwise like that was and i feel like that's even a stretch to say that's like a good gameplay move or beneficial in some way mostly i'm just like it's great tv i don't know that it's a good idea for you and i don't exactly know what compelled you to do it but as we learn through the episode emily's going to speak her mind if she has an opinion on something she'll let it be known and uh it's very much appreciated let's move to the challenge itself then they're on the boat it's pretty similar to We've seen the barge related challenge, the opening challenge on the barge a bunch of times. They two players have to move a bunch of heavy stuff, get a key. Two players jump off, swim out, get a boat, swim back, climb back on with some other keys. The last two players use those keys to unlock a pole, knock down some flint off a twisty wire up in the air. And first one done gets your pot, machete, and flint. Two tribes that lose have to then do something else, which we know in our minds at this point, we're anticipating the sweat versus savvy challenge. That of course is different. We will come to that in a moment. Uh, anything outside of the obvious on this challenge stand out to you? Obviously we will talk about 
Brandon having a struggling and uh, that kind of putting his team behind, but any standout positive performances or anything about the challenge itself you liked, disliked anything? Yeah. So, I mean, it was really interesting because you immediately get to see who is perceived as the strongest people on their tribe, because those are the people that of course, like lift the heavy thing. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting is we had talked about both Sabaya and Austin and in our preseason stuff and they both ended up doing that part they did really well so did caleb now sifu who we also talked about as like a gym owner and he talked about himself as like thing like a tai chi master and like all that he was winded like when they pull when they got their rope and everything else into their bin and jeff gave them the go-ahead to get the key he went and like initiated going for it and then let Austin do it. Mm -hmm. And I took note of that. It really stood out because I was expecting that Sifu was going to be the type of person who wanted to do everything all the time. And he was legitimately like winded in that moment. And it was really interesting to clock. Yeah, I would be, I would have been very interested to see Sifu do the sweat versus savvy challenge because yeah. the thing about survivor is, and he is a great example of this is there is almost nothing in survivor that just pure strength is an advantage it's muscular endurance is the advantage yeah. and there is a big difference between and we're maybe see where sifu lands on this through one we can kind of see he definitely clearly has the muscle of like if i told you like who can lift the heaviest rock one time or whatever or bench press or whatever he's definitely clocking everyone there but then yeah. when it comes like that's different than like can you move this 40 pound thing, 60 of them in a row really fast, or are you going to get winded and tired? And right. that's the difference between like the big bulky athlete type of person that, you know, which side they fall on and like the great kind of opposite version of that is a few seasons back. Jonathan of course was the big strong guy, but the thing about him was like, his thing was he did thousands of pull-ups every day. It was, my yeah. muscles are big, but I do muscular endurance stuff. So then he dominated any of the challenges where it came in. Like, can you carry a bunch of stuff? Can you drag a bunch of stuff, whatever? And it's like, not just like one movement, it's over a long piece of time. So we're seeing where Sifu falls. Yeah. It's Bruce. Did you pick up? I did not. Cause again, her tribe was barely shown. Yeah. Katara or Katara? I think it's, I believe it's Katara. Katara. Okay. <laughs> Good. We've, we've come again. to an agreement that we still don't know. Well, yeah. And we, I, there's, she's not the only one. Uh, Cause again, we, basically don't meet at two of the tribes yeah. more or less uh, by the end. So yeah, those uh, Bruce, Katara, Caleb, Sabaya, Austin, Sifu do the heavy lifting part. Julie, Jay, Maya, Brandon, Sean, Jake, and Kelly do the water part. And then those that are left from that group do the puzzle part. Uh, and the, let's see who actually gets the win for their team. It's uh, red. So red and I don't even know have up here who was, it was the two doing that. Then. Drew and Drew and Julie. Julie. Yes. Uh or no, Julie did the other one. But it was Drew was the main, I think the heavy lifter. I don't know. Again, we barely knew these people by the end. So it's too hard to keep track. The main thing is Brandon has a tough time and uh getting out of the water onto the ladder. And I will say, Sean, who was one of my preseason favorites and who I really enjoyed in this episode, will come up again. Um, first kind of bad strategic moment. He climbs up the ladder and clearly sees that Brandon is going to have some struggles and he just kind of goes to the top and goes over to his team for a little bit. And then his team has to be like, Hey, like 
you're allowed to go back and you probably should go help. And I was just like, oh man. Uh, so and no one really didn't seem like his team picked up on that or no one was like upset about that or anything. But I kind of noticed of like, yeah, you kind of got to help him. Like it would be great if yeah. Brandon could do a little better, but like also you might want to go help him, but he when- struggles and eventually needs the medical care after the challenge. So any thoughts on that? Well, Brand- so when Brandon tried to get up the ladder, when he couldn't, he told Sean to go. And then Sean kind of did this, really? Are you sure? And he said, yeah. So he like went up with ease. But what wasn't properly explained, but I did come to understand later, is it wasn't so much that Brandon wasn't able to lift himself up. It was that he had like, he started to have a panic attack while he was in the water. And that was a fairly large impact. So, I mean, like, major props to Brandon because he is a super fan and he comes out and doesn't have the best, like, first impression across the tribes, but he takes it on the chin really well. And, like, when they start talking sweat and savvy, he says to Jeff, he's like, "Uh, Jeff, you know what? I'm going to sit out sweat, but thank you. And (laughs) that's while he's sitting there with his hair in front of his face, basically waiting for medical to come. And you have to you have to appreciate that like that spirit and the person who's not going to quit like i guess poor choice of words for later for other people but who's not going to just let that get in the way they're gonna find a way forward and mad props to brandon for it yeah i can't imagine the i i couldn't as someone who has maybe experienced a panic attack or two i can only Mm -hmm. imagine it would be easily induced if you're someone who is susceptible to them in this environment when you're that excited. And then suddenly you feel the weight of the whole experience crashing down on you in the moment that you think you're completely screwing it up 30 seconds into it. Um, and you know, you remember the cameras and everything else and you're like, yeah. So pretty awesome that he does eventually get up and like roll onto the boat. And yeah, his commentary was very funny and we were happy to then eventually find out that, uh, you know, everything was good. Um, yeah. that, you know, wasn't, we, you have the quick flashbacks of like, man, we lost Bruce and another person, you know, right away last season. And are we about to lose someone on the opening challenge? And like, you know, thankfully we didn't. And we get yeah. to move on to the first couple of days on the beach. So to kick this off, before we actually talk about the people on the beach, let's talk the sweat versus savvy journey. Cause yeah. it's all going on in the first time, the first day, uh, you know, they send two folks from each of the losing tribes has to go and it's already starting to be different than what we had known before, because before you still got to go to your camp and then you pick two people there and they did it, you know, out on the beach separated from their tribe, but on the same beach, like down where you could kind of monitor each other's progress. Instead, this time, all four of them go together and end up finding out they have to compete head on. And it's Jake and Brando versus uh, Caleb and Sabaya. And they have to do not pick sweat or savvy this time either. They have to do both. So the sweat portion is first, they have to move 40 heavy logs, 200 feet down the beach, and then go on to the savvy, which is uh, basically a package is uh, a keys or whatever, or their Flint, I guess not keys. Their Flint was connected to this rope that was all tied up around this object. um, And they had to figure out how to get it undone from this metal structure. And they both had an hour max and if no one got done in an hour they both failed 
And if one got done, they won and got to keep their supplies and the other would be the loser. And eventually neither would win. Neither would get done. They barely, I mean, we never know the exact times, but it seems like they barely got through the sweat portion. Yeah. Like they had no idea what to do on the safety portion once they got there, <laughs> but it also seemed like they maybe got the sweat portion done in like 50 ish, 55 minutes and had very little time. So any opinions on who was sent or who chose themselves to volunteer themselves to go do this or the new format of sweat versus savvy compared to what we've seen the last four seasons, anything on the journey they took. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they did a really good job at deciding who went like, or however it rolled out because some people volunteered. Some people said like, I can do one versus I can do the other. And then they kind of figured if they have to do any one, then the person who's good at it can lead and the other can follow. My issue is they're still calling it sweat versus savvy. It's sweat and savvy. It's not sweat versus savvy anymore. So a misnomer there that really sets them up for failure. From Would that be on purpose though? But to like disguise that it was going to be new and then maybe next time around it'll be called sweat and savvy. I mean, but if so, then they're, they're not explaining the task properly then. So if it yeah. is on purpose, then they're saying, Hey, we're maybe they do just trademarked thing. it, you know? And they're like, Hey, yeah. we got merch <laughs> coming out. We trademarked this. People talk about it. Maybe they just got to stick with it, you know? But that's the thing too, right? Like, um, having to do sweat and savvy was beyond intense because if you think about it any time that anyone has done sweat in the past they are spent by the end of it because it's normally a four hour task or something like of that length or you have four hours to complete it normally the people are barely completing it in that four hours it's normally down to the wire but the other thing is like an hour is definitely not long enough to do both and on top of that, you really can't build a camp unless you have those supplies. So I could understand having a timer, but having that timer be for longer and having it done so whoever finishes in that time gets it. Not necessarily one winner, one loser, or ditch the timer. One group finishes, they get the stuff, the other person doesn't. But to yeah, have it all together, to yeah, like if somebody, w I'm fine with one winner, one loser, but if that's the case, don't put a time limit on it because it seems like it wasn't battle tested as far as how long it takes to do both. So, or maybe, I mean, I'm led to think that they didn't want any, that they per like maybe yeah. made it purposely. They kind of didn't want either one to win because you know, as I sit here and say, I want one of them to win. I want one of them to have the supplies. I'm also one of the many people that's like, you know, the 26 days is a lot easier than the 39. Yep. And so like, you know, they are, they make it harder for that reason. And maybe this is one of those steps of, we need you to do something pretty incredible to earn your supplies. Otherwise you don't get it. And we can rest on, this is supposed to be really hard from day one now because it's shorter um, and kind of dealing with those concerns from either the fans or if they, I think they harbor some of the same concerns and thought process oh, yeah. themselves of wanting to, you know, have it be pretty comparable to each other. And yeah, I don't, I mean, the 200 logs is a lot like a hundred yeah. each. Like that's, it's just, yeah, I don't, that's too, uh, I don't know if they gave us the right, uh, 
or no, it was 40 logs, 200 yards, excuse me. Yeah. But still, uh, 200 yards is a really long, really long <laughs> way to go in the sand, especially. And that means you basically got to do one a minute to just give yourself 20 minutes at the savvy part. And yeah. the other thing is in the past, at least last season, hasn't the savvy been, if you chose the savvy that like the whole tribe has got to take part, at least in some of them, it depends. The puzzle. So when it was, I think last season, it was that the tribe who came in, I think they came in like second or something, they were able to pick who did the, um, mm -hmm. the savvy because it was Carson and Helen, mm -hmm. um, who had picked, who had yeah, done, had to do the savvy. Um, but in, in the previous, like in the first, so in 41, everybody did it. It was the triangle one. Yeah. That's what um, the one I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Um, and then okay. the other, op or sorry, I guess 42, cause in 41, they did sweat because they had to carry all the water. Yeah. Um, Oh, gosh, yeah. they all looked so impossible. And yeah, you reminding me. I know. Four As I'm listening off, I'm like, just like, I don't want to do any of those. Yeah. And especially when it was like, Danny did it. And who is Deshaun. the other guy? Deshaun. Yeah. Danny and Deshaun did it and like barely finished that one in four hours. And it was like, dude, yeah. like Danny just stopped playing football not that long ago. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, do you not want these people to be able to finish this stuff? But to your point, it's, a huge risk to do yeah. to volunteer to do this because you're starting day one saying I'm going to completely empty my tank, all of yeah. my energy tank. Everyone's is going to be empty by day two or three anyways, because most, you know, all of them outside of some crazy preparation aren't used to not eating. But the <laughs> fact that you're like, yeah, day one, I'll take it for the team. I'll go do the thing that is going to be like, heart like you know that i wouldn't do as a workout on a regular day where i wanted to push myself really hard to work out i'd still be like that's too much like nothing and on top of I that have, I'll, i, I will have to be able to sit isolate tonight. from the team yeah and so yeah shout out to them for wanting to do it and then they don't get it and they have to go back to their tribe so let's go through each of the three tribes here uh yeah. starting with reba uh we'll do reba and bello because that'll be the last we talk about them pretty much True. the whole time here <laughs> uh reba's first day on the beach we get, you know, the introduction, uh, Jay Maya introduced herself just as Jay. So I don't know if I got to stop saying Jay Maya, uh, <laughs> stage name is just Jay, um, either, or we'll go with that. Uh, she's honest about who she is. Sifu is Julie is the first to be dishonest. She says that she is an art teacher yes. in reality. She is a, an attorney. And as we talked about in the preview and she kind of gets into in her confessional, she's, uh, a new attorney later in life. She kind of, I think believe had a divorce, became a single mother around age 40 ish and kind of completely new trajectory of life became an attorney. She is hiding this fact. She is the first of two people, uh, attorneys, uh, the three that are on this season that hide the fact that they are an attorney. Do you like the idea of saying I'm just a mother and an art middle? I think she said like middle school art teacher or something or homeschool yeah, um, art teacher, home, like an at home art teacher or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably the safest lie because when are you going to have to put those into practice on Survivor beyond helping to decorate the merge flag? Whereas, yeah, like, you better get you, real yeah. excited if you make the merge <laughs> and they bring out those crayons and paints and stuff. Like, you better get super duper excited and right? remember your lie. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like, if you're just saying you're you're an art teacher, then you know art. And that is the whole bubble in which you have to maintain that lie. 
versus somebody who says, well, like um, Brett on Millennials versus Gen Xers, he was a cop and he said he was a, a funeral director. And he had all of the facts, but as soon as he walked away, all of them were like, yeah, he's definitely a cop. And it's just the way that it worked. But that's so much more to remember and so much more of a story versus stay-at-home art teacher, I do art with kids. Yeah, and that if they ask about a kid or something, just be like, either you make up, say stories about your child, easy yep. to lie when like it's basically true, a niece, a nephew, whatever, and just, you know, add in that you were coloring a coloring book at the time this actual memory took place, whatever. <laughs> so I'm with you. I think it's a lie that she can hold up. I don't yep. know if I agree with the attorneys all feeling like you need to lie about being an attorney. Um, not sure about that. We learned from Drew that Drew has two personalities. Um, <laughs> Drew, just Drew, is moody uh, and is kind of like a loner, more the nerd type of guy. And then Basile, which I think is how he pronounced his last name. I'm not yep. positive. Again, we're going to butcher a lot of names. Sorry. Uh Basile is the guy at the bar with his arm around you, ordering a drink at the frat party, chatting it up. Um, and then together they are both parts of that. And I just wrote down fucking drew, man, this guy rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I resonate with that because like I am an extroverted introvert. I can absolutely put that on when I need, to, but then I have to go home and recharge the batteries. So when he's breaking that down, I am just like, other than the fact that, He's super tall and I am super not. It's like looking in a mirror as far as that personality shift goes. And I really like Drew. Yeah, I think he's my favorite from this tribe of the little we get so far. We'll do some favorites and least favorites at the end here. Uh, and then to fast forward, just to close out the Reba tribe, um, it's a little later in the episode, but just to keep it all together, we get their second day, uh, day two, after everyone's come back from the journey. Um, and we get Sifu <laughs> very clearly, very clearly, as usually is the case, out looking for stuff all the time. Yep. And just clearly we get the very fun, you know, it's going to happen every season probably, but it's always a good, good chuckle every time where you get the person in confessional saying, I'm so sneaky. I'm always looking for stuff. No one knows. They have no <laughs> idea. And then boom, immediately here's the shot of everyone else in camp being like, where's Sifu? Ah, he's just, he's off looking for stuff. He just seems to always be looking for stuff. And it's like, boom, happens every time. Love it every time. Always makes me laugh. But he not only is, everyone knows that he's clearly out looking for stuff. He then tries to go full Tony. And yep. um, as I guess from the Twitter commentary about this, a lot of people do try to try to think that, you know, and when we talked about with the bios, everyone wants to be like Tony, one of the greats, one of the, you know, a, an obvious path to follow or certain things that he did that others wouldn't do like hide in bushes and spy on people that he pulled off and people uh, others have not. And Sifu certainly <laughs> does not. He gets caught red handed. Just, I mean, he gets away with the first one where he's kind of in the bushes and they walk by him and you're like, oh, nice. That was like good and great camera work that you caught this yeah. and everything. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Give us 30 more seconds. He's going to get caught. And then he gets caught. And I'm all for spying on your tribe, tribe, like all for it. Definitely worthwhile thing, worth risk at different times. Yep. Not worth the risk. Like three, like on day two, it is day two when this happens. So They've at least known each other for almost 24 hours at this point, but I am not doing this on the second day when 
you know, like you're, I, I need to be talking to people, not spying yeah. on them, like get to know them. You don't even know anything about them to spy on in the first place. Do you feel the same or do you, do you enjoy as a Tony <laughs> fan? Uh, do you enjoy the attempts at, you know, going full Tony by Sifu? I mean, here's the thing on game changers. Tony went full Tony and went out really quick because nobody had time for it. Um, with Sifu, <sighs> He, there's not like there is no information to glean, like you said, from spying on people at this point in the game. I could understand perhaps putting in the groundwork of like building a place by the like by the well where you yeah, can scouting hide it a later. location. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I understand how valid that can be, how much useful information you can get when it comes to a point that you need that information. But like right now, they haven't even lost a challenge and they're not going to, spoiler alert. But that means that there is no reason because nobody is having the conversation about who do we get rid of to know if he needs to pivot. Right now, he should just be like hanging out with this tribe. But to your point, I mean, even Austin said when he finds his uh, beware advantage, he has that moment. And I will ask you your opinion on that in a second. But like he has that moment, like, do I take it? Do I not? It's day two. I don't know, but if I don't take it, Sifu is going to find it. And he specifically said Sifu will find it, which means that everyone is very aware at the game that he is playing. And he did not pass it off well when he was like, ah, just kidding. Which this is the morning of day two, which yeah. means, you know, they get to their camp like what midday on day Probably. one. Yeah. So in the precious eight hours, six hours of sunlight or whatever they had to try to build a camp or anything. And we know by the next morning that his reputation is already Sifu is just off looking for shit. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything to help your tribe. You probably don't even know their name. Maybe that's what you're spying on. You're too embarrassed yeah. to ask them their name again because everyone at least knows everyone's name by now. Uh, so yeah, uh, blunder by him. As you say, Austin finds the beware advantage. Um, I'm not picking it up if I'm him. I'm not no. opening it. The beware no. advantages have been way too difficult. And I know people have continued to pull them off and I'm impressed every time that people pull off what the beware advantage is. The last couple seasons, they've seemed impossible and they have yeah. been executed each time, but I, I don't know. Maybe Austin is just confident. Maybe it is just that thing. Like us sitting at home, we'll never know what it's like to on the second day, get, see it and be like, yeah. did I come here to have this experience or not? And, you know, maybe I would probably end up doing the same thing. Although I don't know. I want, it's a beware advantage. I want someone else to find it uh, because mm -hmm. I want someone else to lose a vote and have a hard time getting it back. Or I might also, are you allowed to like hide it or better? I think you have to put Am it I back to where throw it, it in is. the ocean. If <laughs> I allowed to be like, no one gets this. I don't want any where I'm going to find all the advantages and discard them. And no one gets advantages on my tribe. Cause that would be my, my actual strategy, but I'm guessing, yeah, that they don't let you. Boston Rob did once throw a clue to an immunity idol in an active volcano. <laughs> well, yeah, because I he had already, that. he had already found the idol that the clue went to. So when he went on a reward, he threw it in the uh, volcano so that nobody Incredible. else would go looking for it. Yeah. The legends are uh, legends for a reason. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I would not touch it. Like I would, I would pick it up, see that it's a beware advantage, put it back. Because like, if you look back at Xander, Xander lost his vote really early. And it was when they had to do the phrases, he didn't get his vote back until almost the merge, if not the merge, because nobody else found the stuff. 
So, like, I'm not there. There has yet to be a beware advantage that the beware has been to me been worth it. I understand it's different in the game, but this early in the game, I like it that it's completely on Austin. He doesn't have to rely on other people on other tribes happening upon something too. He just has to do these tasks. I don't know what any of the other ones are, but the first one is feasible. Yes. I'm interested to see how many steps there are. And if they do involve either the other tribes or direct con, they've all involved either working with someone from the other tribe who also has it or very direct contact with your tribe members to do right have them give you something do something with them uh which is why it becomes very very difficult but the, yeah the first one he should be i mean it's tough to not get caught like what are you doing like looking up at the sign yeah but they also all someone had already pointed it out and maybe that was just editing them to like point out to us before someone found the beware advantage but um i think it won't be that out of the ordinary if someone is just looking like do you think that means anything or anything just to like study it outside of the time when he then goes and puts it up next to it but he's got that let's go from reba to bellow then and give them their few moments here before we get to the tribe known as lulu um before we before we do though i will give credit to d on Reba, because D specifically said something that I want to highlight because it's the difference between D's game and Emily's game. D said, if this was the real world and Sifu pulled something like that, I would give him a piece of my mind, but this isn't the real world, so I have to hold my tongue. Yeah, I loved that. I made mention of that too, or note of that, and I'm right there with you. That is the way to handle it and to she in limited time that was more or less the only thing we got from her she was the other one uh, that we failed it was her and drew that did the keys earlier um which she also did very they both did very well on so uh yeah i like i like what we saw from d from that tribe then we got bellow the blue tribe and that means that we got bruce and we got a lot of bruce because we get to the beach and you think, you know, I'm thinking, of course, they're going to like start with Bruce here. They're going to tell us about him. Like he's returning and, you know, it's a story and there's built in story here. So, of course, we're going to get a minute or two of him first. But then it turns into no, uh, Bruce is here to be the star of the show, although he wants yeah. does not want to be their dad. He lets them know immediately gives a big speech. I don't want to be looked at as dad. And it was like, well, no one had looked at you as like tribe dad yet. But OK, continue, yep. I guess. It's like, I want to be the drunk uncle. We're all having fun here but also now go build me a fucking shelter. Like now go do it. And I'll tell, I'll give you instructions. I I'm not in charge, but I am very much in charge. I'm drunk, but I'm also your dad. And it's just a very mixed messaging. And they all Bruce wears on them very, very quickly to say the least. Now, luckily he's got the physique and like savviness in the game to do well in challenges. So I don't think he would be public enemy number one. But, and the information that he's giving is useful as well um, in regards to like use the slightly wet wood to keep the bugs away with the smoke and things like that. And I don't know how much, how quickly all of those things happened based on how they were cut together in the edit, but I can see how that would be, look, I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to lead, but here's what you all should do. And I don't know a lot of people that would be super keen on just following that. 
No, not when you're the guy who is returning kind of, and yep. got called out for being the kind of returning person inexplicably, but it, it happened on the boat. And now you're coming into the tribe and kind of making it about you or making yourself the focal point of people's attention. And you just don't, you just, just not the, not the spot you want to be in. I would have assumed no. he was going to go in and be like, I want to be the most in the background person ever on the history yeah. of the show and have everyone forget that I was here before for a day and anything else. And yeah, he does the opposite. Don't think it's the best strategy. Um, no. We also get from their tribe. Then um, after, after the long Bruce segments done, we get Jake and Brando coming back and they break the news to their tribe that they, what happened, but it's very quick. We don't like really yeah. see what all is said or explained it. We get the, like, I mean, literally five to 10 seconds of them walking up on the beach and saying, we didn't get it. No one got it in their tribe. At least we see like a very seconds of a reaction that seemed to be like, you know, no one questioning certainly the way that we will talk about yeah. Lulu, uh, people immediately uh, question. <laughs> um, but, uh, I found it interesting and I hope they circle back maybe at some point to yeah. what people's opinions on or if, if anything went down, but they kind of just like brush over it and now everyone's there and now the, the witches get to get together. And now we can talk about yeah. my least favorite person in the cast um, <laughs> so far, which I forget. I think on your, on the preview, were you not, did you not think one of the person people you didn't vibe with from the bios was Kendra? Do I it remember was. that correctly? That is correct. Yeah. You nailed this one, my friend. I, you nailed it. <laughs> I did not peg the astrology aspect, um, but I definitely pegged the vibe check on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, into astrology. Uh, very witchy from Salem, of course. So, you yeah. know, it's going to happen as she lets them know. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things to, you know, Survivor does force you to stereotype sometimes as much as it's also trying to help you realize not to stereotype and, you know, bring that good message. And here's the thing I know, knowing a lot of people that are into astrology or other, other associated things that would fall under the general basket of woo. Um, some of them are absolutely amazing. And some of them are absolutely nauseating and it's kind of a hard divide. Like you're kind of on one side. And uh, unfortunately through one episode, she kind of fell on the nauseating side a little bit to me. And it was very interesting to watch the interactions between her and uh kelly who i keep i've i don't know why but i it keeps autocorrecting to ellie so if i say ellie (laughs) at some time like i don't know i didn't take i I don't know why uh but there's like half of the times i tried to write kelly who is my winner's pick uh it keeps going to ellie so if i accidentally say ellie i'm talking about kelly uh kendra kelly and katara are and kelly and katara are like they're going along with it they're like oh yeah like we're into it. Like we're vibe. Oh, like, this is so great. Like we're all Virgos or whatever sign they are. Not Virgos or I don't know. They're Libras. They One's a Virgo. Libras. Yeah. Yep. But they're all September birthdays and they're all, yep. you know, happy about it. And you can, we at home at least, uh, which we have the aid of some of the confessionals from Kelly and Katara, but, uh, we can also just see they're maybe not vibing with it as much as they're trying yep. to act like they are. And it seems like, do you think I'm correct about that? And that 
Kendra is just not picking up that these girls aren't actually her new best friends and are just like, I'm kind, I like you. I don't like you the way you seem to like us, but I like you and I want to work with people naturally. So again, back to like D's thing of maybe they would react a little bit differently, not a lot differently, but a little differently to this in the real world. But in this moment, they're like, I like you a little bit. And in this moment, that means a lot of bit and we can go along with how much fun you're having and letting Especially you Especially with Kelly. Um, Cause Kelly, Kelly had a great confessional about it when she said that like, it's not her vibe, but they're vibing on the same level. And I think that really sums it up well. Um, I, it's funny because like, the like Salem mass side of things I'm totally down with like totally my vibe Halloween's my favorite time of year like all of that and then the astrology side of things not so much so I the the fact that it was mentioned three times by the time that we got to the camp about being a Libra or astrology I was like okay I do not want to prejudge someone based on a very limited amount of information but right now i am keeping you at arm's length in this game because i don't know how i'm gonna do long term and i'm sure she's lovely but like i i would struggle on on the bellow beach yeah uh for sure and agreed with kelly's commentary and i'm that moment made me happy in my picking her to be winner. I'm like, okay, there's some good, the limited we're getting here. I feel positive that. And we got smart Um, to wrap this up though. Kendra does at one point, she's the first person to say final three, which I don't know what the record is, but it was on day one that she told the other two women final three and like was dead serious. It's like, what are you doing? Like, And wanted to get Jake out. Yeah. And then wants to get Jake because he's a lawyer and Kendra yep. uh, wants to get the lawyer out, which then Katra is like, thank God I said I was an office manager because she is the second of the three attorneys to lie and then goes and we get the funny scene of her asking Jake what it's like to be a lawyer, which what do you think it feels like for Jake to watch that back? And I'm not going to I'm going to be a little judgy here. Jake is younger than her, so we'll give him that. But like she's. I'm guessing done more in her law career than Jake has yeah. given their age and that he maybe just graduated law school. Like maybe. <laughs> um, and she's been a civil uh, rights attorney for like, I think she was like what 32, 33 or something. So I think maybe so. for close to a decade. Um, so what would you feel like if you're Jake watching? Oh, Jake was is 26. So he's been out of law school for like what, two years, probably graduated around 24. She referred to him as a baby um, lawyer, I think. Yeah, like he yeah. just started and she's 34. So yeah, she's got about a decade of actual experience. I would feel so weird if I was him watching this and being like, God damn it, I didn't really say anything interesting or smart because I was trying to like not be the attorney because everyone's really scared <laughs> about that. But this chick over here is like a badass attorney and is probably like in her head laughing at me so hard for these was- like non-answers <laughs> I'm giving her. It was amazing, especially when he was just like, honestly, it's scary. And I was just like, that's, it's a thing of beauty. Like she played that so well. It, it was one of the highlights of the episode for me because mm-hmm. it was just so good. She layered it on so thick and she was like, I don't really deal with a lot of lawyers in my day to day. I was like, okay, major props. She played really, it really well, but on the risk reward side, I would say 
that she should maybe not ask him about his law career too often because no, you that should be the to, end of it. You don't need to keep putting yourself in the position to have to be a really good actress. You nailed it one yeah. time. Let's, you know, let's not, you know, let's not do the sequel. Like, you know, try to <laughs> win the Oscar for the first performance and then keep it moving. Uh, is there anything else from Bello then? We get the least from them for sure of the yeah, screen I mean, time. We didn't, um, I don't think we saw Brando at all after they got to the beach. Yeah. Uh, Brando, who now I can't, um, oh, shoot, except what's his name? Big Brother was on Challenge USA one. Derek, uh, yeah, Derek, oh, yeah. Uh, CBS Golden Boy. I don't know if you've seen this in the last 48 hours, but uh, Brando kept getting a lot online of people calling him Derek. And he like tweeted about like, I don't know what this is all about. And then they eventually figured out that it was because they do bear a resemblance and sure, yeah. uh, close enough that we can, it can be, it's an honest resemblance, not uh, anything, you know, nefarious or whatever. And so both of them have changed their avatar pictures to each other. Uh, on on twitter and everything and it's very it's very fun um and with the right picture next to each other they do look like they definitely look like they could be brothers or something yeah. so that's a fun uh fun development be in the best one we have to go off of a brando because after the sweat versus savvy um we don't see him uh at all again and we don't yeah. really see much from these tribes because we've got lulu to talk about yes. and yes we do let's just Let's save Lulu Tribe and talk immunity challenge first, and then sure. we'll come back and do all of Lulu Tribe uh, in one giant segment. So let's go to the immunity challenge first. So with the first immunity challenge, the uh, the game is they got to race up over a ramp, slide down into a mud pit, crawl through a mud pit under some wooden barriers, which... Flashbacks for Bruce, I'm sure, although he aggressively goes through them more aggressively than I would have if I was him. And then drag a bag of coconuts to a place where you then shoot the coconuts into a basket, basketball style, far away, till it's heavy enough to drop and release keys. Climb up to the top of a wall, uh, you know, group effort to get everyone up on top of a wall where two players will unlock and solve the massive vertical survivor logo puzzle. Two tribes will get immunity. The winners also will get their supplies if they don't already have them. The losers will be going to Tribal Council and will lose their Flint or not gain their Flint if they don't currently have it. The first thing I'll say about this is the mud is super thick and the mud is like one of the secret things that production knows how much they're like effing with people out there. Of yeah. One, just having to do the rest of it caked in that mud and in that heat sucks and is hard. And just the overall like, now, you know, the first thing we got to do when we get back is go in the ocean and like get all this off of us. Like the mud makes it super duper hard. I was terrified for Bruce. I was glad he and everyone else made it through unscathed, but it really all comes down to, we get to the wall and the wall basically decides the, the whole thing, uh, to, they're all mostly neck and neck more or less uh yellow lulu is in last but not by a lot when they no. get to the wall certainly not by enough that like the puzzle would still be an equalizer but uh lulu doesn't they get up the wall a long time after the other two and by the time they do the other two are basically done with the puzzle um any big takeaways from what we see from uh from any of the three teams uh especially red and blue since we won't be talking about them again the rest of the episode <laughs> bruce ran up that wall like i thought he was, was gonna fall 
I was so I was worried so that he was going up and veering off. Yeah. So when he grabbed onto someone's hand, I was so happy because I thought he was just going to try to run up himself. Um, yeah, I mean, I I give the man props because he got taken out due to medical injury very like 12 hours into his first season. And he did that huge jump off the barge in the very first, like in the marooning. And then he has not done anything at any less than 110% since he has been there. And he throws himself at everything. So kudos to Bruce, but like I, I, I would be taking it a little bit slower. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I guess that that's the right, that we have the wrong mentality. His mentality yeah. is the right one, like attack it. And he, I think he says that, you know, right at the beginning, his first confessional, uh, but his, his run up did scare me. And then the, the, the wall was scary in general because his run up scared me. I thought he was falling for sure. And then yeah. we do have poor Brandon does fall from like the top and slides yeah. down and lands on his head and neck and <laughs> slowly collapses into the mud. And I thought he was paralyzed. I thought, and thankfully I have, you know, enough of watching reality TV history to know that in my brain it's is wired enough to in the instant, I think he's paralyzed, but I also know they wouldn't have shown it if he was. Yeah. Um, and so I know that he he's okay to some, he could be injured, but not like that kind of injured. Um, but it takes a second or two for my brain to think that, um, uh, but it doesn't take a second or two for Jeff to tell him to get the fuck up and <laughs> keep going yeah, and tell him this, is, this is what survivors so about hard. I was like, dude, he looks like he might be dead. Like if you told me like that looked like the football player that does a tackle the wrong way. And suddenly everyone's down on a knee in the game stop for an hour. Like it, yeah. I was very nervous and Jeff, maybe it's like cut, you know, maybe there was a little bit more time, but in, you know, a couple extra seconds, but Jeff is just immediately like, this is what you came for the survivors. Like, damn dude. Okay. Like you are, you're here to pump them up and he gets up and they do get up. And now then the third and final scary part was their team uses the buffs instead yeah. of their hands. And I don't know. I don't know what those buffs are made out of. You have one. Uh, yeah. It, yeah uh, it doesn't seem like enough to hold the weight of like Brandon or any of them on, like just holding on to just the buff. It feels like it would have snapped. And I thought for sure it was going to snap. And See? Brandon might actually break his neck on the second time around. And thank God it didn't. But I don't think I've ever I, seen that done before. No, it hasn't been done before, to the best of my knowledge. And it was really smart because they are like a stretchy sort of material that, but they also, when they get to a certain um, like tightness, they just kind of, they feel fairly solid. So I, I would have been very scared to be someone like Caleb who like ran up, jumped up, grabbed them, and then was like pulling himself up with them. Yeah. That horizontal was, to the ground like if that's yeah so you like, fall like you're falling straight back on your back head whatever yeah but props to caleb too though because like he ran and scaled the wall first and then he was helping people up from the top that wasn't working so he went back down again and started helping people to get up from the bottom um sabaya also took a nasty fall not long after brandon um and almost took out emily with her because she was fairly close to the top as well but the buff was brilliant. Like I wrote down that the buff is probably like one of the smartest things I've seen done in challenges when 
you have you have everything at your disposal but at a certain point like your own drive to win you need that something extra and they were able to quickly decide that like these are going to be the best option for us to pull people up and it worked yeah i'm glad it worked uh the people that make the buffs for production wherever had to be thrilled to like look at the quality of what we put out there okay yeah. that no other show can say this i bet their stuff would rip right away so props to them and then props to it's drew and j maya for the red team and brando and ali ali jesus kelly for the blue team uh, I really need to fix this. Uh, make sure it all. I'm just going to control F uh, Ellie to Kelly before I do any <laughs> any podcasts in the future. Uh, they are the puzzle masters for their team. It's of all of the puzzles. It's probably the easiest one. It's the survivor logo. And so it takes some time and you know composure, but it's pretty straightforward to put it together, at least especially given the lead that they had to not be fretting over like we don't need to get first or second necessarily here. We just need to get either one and the other yeah. team's not up here. So we don't know exactly, you know, we give them positive marks, those four for their puzzle skills, but not the the strongest test of their skills, certainly. Uh, no, but they're it's hard safe too, though. Um, it was hard to tell what anybody on red or blue was doing because they were only used as a contrast to Lulu. Like yeah. Lulu was the main focus in not doing so hot and they were only used in contrast to them in like reba's almost up lulu's still struggling or bellows at this part lulu is back at this part so they were really like laying it on thick that lulu was not performing to the best of their abilities hard to grade beyond passing grades for bellow and reba but otherwise well you know lots more to learn about them uh but there was a lot more to learn about lulu which we did so let's turn to them now <laughs> what a mess yeah. what a mess <laughs> um we'll go back to the first day or two pre immunity challenge here but they on their first day on the beach um i believe let's see the first time we see them while the other two are away emily literally can't wait one single second they do not get introductions out they do not get what's your name what do you do give us your 30 second elevator pitch story it is emily first sentence out of her mouth is those other two that left like they're the target they're they're strong they're the athletes whatever and they're we're all four against them right like she just goes in so hard and I wrote down, she sucks so hard. It's the best thing the show has had in years. <laughs> I, I wrote... continue to feel the same throughout the whole episode. <laughs> I love her so much, but she sucks so much. <laughs> I wrote, Emily is playing for day 37 in a 26-day game on day one. Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to win that final four on day one when there's 24 yeah. of them and she, there's like she, she sees four people listen. on the beach she's like there's four of us left let's do there's this. three like yeah brandon wasn't yeah, even three. there yet oh yeah because he was yeah it was yeah. literally three of them at least she didn't say final three um so she didn't get too ahead of herself <laughs> but she also like would not be swayed she's like if they don't come back with anything they got an advantage and they chose it over helping us yeah which goes back to the whole thing of like somebody needs to win and somebody needs to lose because otherwise they're just coming back and saying like, yeah, we didn't get anything. They didn't get anything either. I understand it's the first time ever in the new era that nobody has won sweat or savvy. 
but yeah, it totally happened. We didn't get anything. And she's too just easy like, for the stories bullshit. line up too. Eventually yeah. they'll get to talk to the other tribe and they'll find out the yeah. stories line up and it's easier for that to line up than if one tribe said, well, I, yeah, I didn't win anything, but like there was an advantage up for grabs or yeah. they're like, we had to make a decision. So like I, there was options for what could have happened to your team or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's sus right away. Brandon gets dropped off. He's embarrassed. He doesn't, he tells them he doesn't even remember like getting up onto the boat. He, you know, had a panic attack full of anxiety, but he is playing it off in the only way I think you can go about it, which is very self-deprecating and, you know, embracing that, like, this was really bad. And I would understand if you guys are very worried, but we're going to try to make jokes about it. We're going to be self-deprecating. I'm going to try to cheer myself up, cheer you up, be a fun guy around this would be the opportune time to say that he did not just have this energy in the show, but off of the show, he was pretty hilarious on his commentary about himself on Twitter and social media sites, (laughs) um, including the one that obviously I still hate Brandon because the Catan comments, but you know, like (laughs) if it wasn't for that, Brandon would be my favorite person, but I still have to stick with, I hate him. Um, So, you know, sorry, Brandon, that's just how it is. I think you're the best, but I also hate you, I guess. But he, Played right to my heart as the leader of the Fessy fan club of dropping the, this might be a bad time to ask, but I want to go against Fessy at a hall brawl tweet, <laughs> which was just incredible. So a lot of that energy from Brandon, which I think is yeah. the right move is the only move. Yeah, totally. And like, it works for him and he does it so well. And he is so genuine as well. Like when he's having the conversation with Hannah and she's just like, I don't know if I can do this. I just feel like I can't cut it. I just want to be in my bed. He's really good at sitting down with her and calming her down. And I mean, it doesn't last for her, but he is a really good, I think he's a really good person to have in your camp because he's able to like bring those chill vibes. He keeps everything light. Even when things do get dire, he still is able to put like a positive or humorous spin on it um yeah like i i do really like him um i i'm like amazed at the tornado that is emily um because she she follows up her original comments of saying if they don't come back with something it's bullshit and they have a, a reward with the moment they walk back up and they the words come out of their mouths uh we didn't win anything no one won anything she the words aren't even out of their, her mouth and she has turned around and says that's bs they have they got something they totally have an advantage she just walks away all mad and it's just like i mean we kind of already at this point knew this tribe was going to be a little chaotic and a mess and it was going to be an entertaining first episode but that's the moment where it flipped for me of like oh this is going to be hilarious for the rest of the episode <laughs> whatever happens this is going to be hilarious um so she's on a war path uh, Sean, who definitely you could see that Sean, he, I noticed some, uh, some principal vibes on day one from him of like, mm, the, we're not really that far along in building. I know we don't have materials, but also like kind of principal <laughs> slash project manager of like, yeah, come on children. Let's get back on task here. No, we got therapy sessions over here. We got vendettas brewing over here. The other two aren't here. Like, is someone going to help me? So we got those. I I like Sean a lot. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Emily's on the warpath. 
Sean's kind of playing principal. Uh, he pulls Sabaya to the side immediately and tells her like, Hey, Emily's suspicious. And Sabaya's like, well, that's silly because we're telling the truth. And we basically haven't even told you the truth yet. Like we haven't even got to tell you the whole truth yet. And she's already suspicious. So that's weird. And we have Brandon and Hannah, as you said, you know, having the, the conversation and kind of him playing therapist to her, uh, who is yep. the therapist who I'll save those comments for later. Um, Therapists are wonderful. Everyone should go to one. They're amazing. Uh, but as with anything, uh, some people are really good at it and some people are less amazing at it. And I'm, I'm nervous for Hannah, uh, based off this experience. <laughs> um, but, uh, we then have on their second day, uh, there's a little bit better of a, a vibe around the camp. Um, uh, but not with Emily. Emily is pessimistic about everything and everyone else is like, dude, chill out. Like, and everyone's picking up on it. Everyone's sick and tired of it. They have a great, the edit is fantastic of all of them commenting on it and then trying to make some sort of comment to the group. That's like positive, or we can do this, or let's try this. And her just immediately like that won't work. That sucks. This sucks, this, that, or the other. So she is just clearly on the bottom. Everyone, no one likes her on her tribe from, from, I, from the jump. Yeah. I really want, I don't, everybody else is like super chill and she's like incredibly analytical and like not chill. So I don't even, I don't even know if she would necessarily do better on a different tribe, but the, like the icing on the cake had to be them talking about the pyramids and <laughs> to her credit, not, she tried, she sat she there and listened and you could obviously this isn't her element. These are not the type of uh, fireside chats she has uh, with her group of yeah. friends in the evening or whatever. And she sits quietly and like attempts to absorb. And then when the question is thrown her way, she gives the honest answer. But it's the only time she gives like a laugh and a like, I'm trying to be personable and likable while being honest here. But like, yeah, honestly, I've never thought about this in one day of my entire <laughs> life, um, which was just fantastic. And that conversation was hilarious. I I definitely would want to be on this tribe. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. yes, believe in aliens. You want to talk pyramid shit or do you want to build? Nah, let's sit, let's sit around and talk about the pyramids. Um, and this was the moment where I also, Sabaya and Caleb, uh, I love them. And yeah. I, this was the moment I decided I went from liking them to like, I'm good. I love them. They're, they're two of my favorites for sure. Emily does not like them at all. And yeah, the vibe is, the vibe is just off with this tribe, yeah. um, which then takes us to the immunity challenge we already talked about. So now they've come back. They're now coming back losers. And Hannah tells Brandon that she wants to go home. Brandon is like, well, I woke up in the middle of last night with a panic attack and basically haven't been able to breathe for the last 12 hours. So maybe I should go home. And then they all go, uh, he tells Brandon, I think tells Sabaya and Caleb that he himself is a liability and that he's going to play a shot in the dark, which yeah. makes absolutely zero sense. So if you're a liability, if you want to go home, cause you think like the panic attacks are too much or whatever, like, I don't know where the logic went or maybe just in those moments, definitely logic maybe goes out the window because you're just so overwhelmed and stressed. But I don't know where he went from. I'm a liability. They all know it. I'm I'm having a really tough time. I'm having panic attacks. I'm telling my teammate about this on like a vulnerable moment. But then from there, I'm like, and I'm going to play it because of all of this. I'm going to play shot in the dark. Like I don't know where So I, I have a from. theory. 
Okay. I have a theory, and it doesn't come from this scene. It comes from somewhere else that I've, like, tied it together. So when they were leaving the challenge, um, there was, like, a voice. Brandon had, like, a voiceover, and he had said that he now has to go and vote for somebody on a tribe that arguably everybody else outperformed him. So I almost feel like he wanted to play his shot in the dark because he couldn't bring himself to vote for somebody who, for all intents and purposes, had outperformed him in the game thus far. That's how I took it. But then like Caleb and Sabaya took it as you don't trust the alliance you're in. So you're going to play your shot in the dark because you think that everyone's gunning for you. But the other thing that I wondered, based on like his wording, because he said it was like an acid reflux thing and that he has acid reflux and at home he takes medication. The way that he said it, it almost seemed like they didn't allow him to bring that medication with him. Like everybody has a med kit where like the production has it. So they have access to their medication that they need, everything like that. So I would be surprised that like that acid reflux wouldn't be something that would be under that umbrella of fine to bring your and medicine. Let you have some Tums. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't, it could like, it could be there and it could have just been the wording that threw me off. But when he said like at home, he takes meds for it made me think that he didn't have meds for it there, which as somebody who has suffered from acid reflux, that is a hell of a thing to not have access to medication for. Yeah. Could it be, the meds they're allowed access to is stuff that they take regularly. And maybe this is something where like he has it for when it like flares up right, or whatever, but is it like, up. I take this every day or like preventative or anything. And so it doesn't fall under the, you know, it like could it's be. only regular preventative everyday type yeah. of stuff that you get to keep or, you know, take, uh, who knows, but he might play a shot in the dark. Um, everyone hates Emily. Emily tells Hannah and Brandon that Caleb and Zavia are the strongest duo. They have to be broken up, which Brandon, thankfully, uh, immediately goes and tells Caleb, who is just the whole time, Caleb and Zavia both, but Caleb, like, wears the expression on his face a little more of, like, you guys made us do the heavy lifting on the first challenge, and then you made us do sweat for Savvy, and that sucked, and then we came back and everyone called us liars, and then... We tried really hard and all of you fell repeatedly on our heads at the next challenge. And then we come back here and everyone says, you're strong. You have to go home. What the fuck did I do, dude? Like, what is like, what, how in the world is this my first 24 hours on this island? Like, this is such bullshit and I don't understand. And I'm right there with them. I'm just like, yeah, uh, it, you know, it wasn't, I, you might get targeted later on your tribe because uh, or an emerge or something because you're like pretty athletic and seem cool and everyone's going to like you. And maybe you're smart too, who knows? But like on day one, the fact that Emily is just like, technically we've failed at everything that we've put them in. They've got a good effort, but we, we have collectively failed, but we're still should get rid of the two people who are supposedly the ones that might help us with something <laughs> ever. <laughs> Brandon's uh, yeah. vacant stare while Emily was talking was my vacant stare at the TV while she was talking because she said like Caleb is our target despite the fact that he completed over 50% of the challenge for us because Caleb reason. and Sabaya are clearly a tight alliance and will obviously pick us off one by one despite the fact that they are two people against four people who therefore do not even have the ability to pick one of them off, let alone multiple of them off. Um, but even if they had I, an extra vote, 
if whatever, yeah. if to give her the full benefit of the doubt, if she's convinced they have some advantage, it's the day one, like the advantage isn't going to be any stronger than maybe an immunity idol, maybe an extra yeah. vote. So still the numbers would say, sure, if they have an extra vote, four to three, or sure, yeah. they have an immunity idol. Well, there's still two of them and there's four of us. So split the votes, three and one, whatever, two and two. And worst case, if one of them has an idol, like we go to rocks or something, but we find out it's a tie, we get to revote once and we go four to whatever. So there's, yeah, there's just no basis for her thinking to be worried about this two person alliance on a six person tribe. No, Which isn't it is, even however, where... it's just the two yeah. people you have forced to do all of the heavy lifting things so far. <laughs> you have told them that they're an alliance. They're, they're like, I mean, we're cool. Like, I like her, but like, okay, I don't know. They you are a duo out of necessity. Yeah. And like, so Caleb tweeted, is it normal to have a bunch of people apologize to you at your premiere party asking for a friend? And <laughs> yeah, Cass responded, that. <laughs> uh, Cass's response makes me love Cass even more than I already do. Yes, let me be among the first to welcome you to the Trainwreck and Dumpster Fire Tribe Club. <laughs> and the best part is Emily said that she wanted to play like Cass. Cat Cassidy from last two seasons. No, ago? Cass oh. as in Cass okay. from Brains Brawn Beauty. Okay, Cass that um, I'm familiar with. Yeah. Okay. She is that the was, tribe that I saw one tribe that I wasn't familiar uh, with getting repeatedly the photo of like this is the, the Lulu's the new version of this or um i don't know if it was that one but it was um they were on survivor kageon so it was um tasha from the first usa mm -hmm. uh they were the brains tribe and the brains tribe just like could not get it together mm. nice love it that was the one that sarah lacina was on the first time with tony oh the great sarah lacina um Indeed. let's move to tribal council then so they by the time they go to tribal council we're feeling like emily brandon and caleb are on the block everyone hates emily uh, but Brandon thinks that they're all going to vote him out because he has been doing bad and he might play a shot in dark. And meanwhile, Emily is trying to get everyone to vote for Caleb because uh, super alliance and super strong yeah. and all the obvious reasons to get Caleb out, obviously. And he's Canadian. <laughs> I feel like she's got to she, vote for she, us. Yeah, I bet she was thinking that. So we go to the tribal council and Emily starts it off as you would expect at this point in the episode. She goes in strong. Uh, we're not getting along. And there's two people who are clearly in an alliance and not part of the rest of the group. It's Sabaya and Caleb continue to sit there like, what did we do? What did we do? We have been chill. We've just tried to talk about aliens and pyramids and otherwise carried a bunch of heavy shit. Okay. And you guys fell on our heads and that's why we lost. And I don't know what we did, but now you're saying that no one gets along with us. And like, it's just fantastic but then it's trumped because you're like okay clearly emily's going home like this is going nowhere other than all of that being like you know you burn bright for the one episode but goodbye until hannah who has mentioned into brandon before that she might want to go home but then we see him and her have the nice moment and she's at tribal she comes to tribal so we're like okay you know not gonna not gonna do that and then she's like uh tells jeff i'm considering my options and kind of long sentence gets to the like of options of going when jeff can't believe it is yeah sabaya <laughs> chimes in one of the only times she gets to give any opinions basically says i dare you to quit more or less to hannah like kind of yeah, dares her like, openly like yeah. if someone wants to quit like okay like you know it's kind of like says like go ahead um but then, of course, as Hannah tries to basically say, am I allowed to quit? Will you guys let me quit? Or will you just all vote for me so that I don't have to quit, yeah. but I can go home? Emily's like, no, 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 wait a minute. 
we got to dump on Caleb and Sabaya a little bit more because Hannah, you're not quitting. We're obviously voting out Caleb or Sabaya. And it's so crazy. It's so wild. And I just can't believe it. And she has a, then a back and forth um, between Emily, Brandon chimes in, Caleb and Zabaya chime in, but it's mostly just Emily being like, Hannah, you're not allowed to quit because we have to vote out Caleb and Zabaya. Man, and she also, the best part was she said something about how we have somebody who hasn't been performing well. And then Hannah thought she was talking about her. And Brandon's like, no, she's talking about me. Uh, That was me. Um, And again, like that is that thing that you have to love about Brandon is he is self-deprecating and he is absolutely lovable. And he even says like, I may not be the person who can lift the heavy shit, but I can also bring harmony to the camp and to camp life. And that is clearly we need it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was just bonkers. And the fact that Sabaya at one point was like, look, I feel like I need to say something because otherwise I'm just getting whooped up here for no reason. And like, I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen like beyond even the brains tribe wasn't quite this dysfunctional at the outset. I don't know that I've ever seen a tribe that that was this at odds when on paper, they should be totally in sync. Like if you remove Emily from the equation, you have a very united tribe. All but lovely just people like, that get along great and sit around and talk about aliens and seem to be willing to put in the hard work. And one of them in a Sean that's like willing to be not the leader leader, but like if, if someone has to have a little bit of a lead here of like what to do, we'll do it. Like perfect harmonious tribe. If yeah. Emily isn't there, uh, but Emily is there. And also Hannah wants to quit because she brings it back to her and makes it clear, abundantly clear quote, yeah. Please don't make me go back to that camp. I don't want to, or I don't need to be voted out to go home, end quote. So she says, I'm quitting. Essentially, she makes it clear. I'm going to quit. And Jeff asks them out loud, basically, are you guys all going to grant this? They one by one slowly decide, okay, you could kind of see some of them in their head, like, we'd really love to fucking vote Emily out, but okay, like Hannah, you can go home. They say it out loud. She gets her torch. Jeff puts it out and she leaves. And before we talk about all the things we didn't see that they then reveal on the podcast afterwards, we do have to obviously talk about the fact that Hannah quit. And that was a very polarizing, as you would expect, subject uh, for folks reflecting on it. And it's very, I was definitely torn up about it because I certainly, certainly, certainly as someone who gets on a microphone and talks about these shows and these people every week and appreciates them putting their lives out in front of us. And that it's gotta not be super fun for regular people who aren't necessarily not on survivor. They're not trying to be famous on other shows. They might be trying to be famous. Um, so I might feel slightly differently person to person case by case, but that, you know, they have to deal with the vitriol that is social media, um, more often than not. And she definitely got it pretty bad for quitting. And there was big part of me that certainly agrees with the, you know, I've applied for this show before I plan on Mm -hmm. applying a bunch more in the future. I would love to go on this show. They get what, like 16,000 applicants a month or something crazy like that. People 
thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are dying to go on the show and millions are dying to go on the show and hundreds of thousands are, are acting on that wish and actually attempting to get their name into the process and everything. And so for someone to quit one day in is really rough and is really like tough to stomach. And, but I also then have the side of like, it sucks that we can't just eliminate the people that are like really nasty about it versus just yeah. saying that sucks. And I wish you wouldn't have like been there. Or, you know, I wish this wouldn't have happened versus like saying horrible things about a person who isn't a horrible person. Just yeah. quit a game because 24 hours in, they just had to hit that vape pen. And like, I get it. Okay. Again, uh, I, did we say this on the preview? Uh, did this come up on the preview podcast or was it just, maybe I was just talking to someone about it, uh, the other day. Yeah. It was at uh, I was at an engagement party this weekend and found a fellow survivor fan. was talking about this as someone who has, uh, was a heavy smoker back in the day and mm -hmm. quit and quitting was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I understand withdrawal very well. I am intimately familiar with withdrawal. It is horrendous. You got to fucking quit smoking months in advance. The moment that you get the first casting call, not even casted, you've got to, you've got to, that's got to be a part of the plan. You can't try to be like, you know, the easiest way to quit. They won't let me have them out there. Can't, yeah. can't happen. Not going to happen. You're going to, you're going to quit. Maybe not this as quickly as she does. Um, but yeah, so I had very mixed feelings, but it was ultimately a bummer. What were your thoughts on it? I mean, it sucks. Like, bar none, it sucks to have somebody quit. Because if you're like us, you've already put in, like, research for preseason. And, like, we've already kind of figured out who we want, who we're rooting for. And, like, what we're looking for in this cast. And then somebody leaves. And they do have alternates on Survivor. And I would love to know, like, a specific list of when they would bring in an alternate because really this person has quit the game. Now, if they quit earlier on in the day, do they bring in a replacement? Like on 41, when Jackson went home for medical reasons, yeah. conceivably they could have brought somebody in rather than have them be uh, like a person down because they do have alternates to replace players if need be. So I really don't know when that specifically happens. Um, I mean, I've, I've honestly kind of avoided most of the things on the internet about it, just because I can already, I already know what they're going to say. And like, I'm fine with having the opinion of, I want to say out of, I think there's like slightly over 700 people who have played Survivor. And out of that, including her, there have been 18 people who have quit, which is pretty like pretty good odds for people completing it and pretty isolated situations where they quit. It's annoying as a viewer, because like I said, you invest the time casting invested their time in it. Not only that, but invariably one of the producers probably went to bat for her about what she's going to bring to the show. Oh, I can only then, imagine it's like yeah. a battle to like get the people that you know you did the interview with and really loved whatever like the the final slots that yeah there's definitely like oh i rode for those three people so i'm gonna kind of secretly rooting for those three to be great cast members yep. and whatnot yeah you're totally right i hadn't thought about that but that's and like spot on someone got her that final someone got hurt from it list. and i i mean the other side is like if she stays and then leaves she stays somebody gets voted out who, as she said, genuinely wants to be there and has fought to be there. By her leaving, 
in this way at this time it allows the five people that are left who genuinely want to play this game and love this game to play it it gives the tribe like potentially another three days even if they go back to tribal immediately it gives them another couple of days to gel and find their groove whereas as it stands right now it was complete chaos and nobody really seemed to be in any sort of alliance or except for Caleb and Sabaya, of course, or any sort of alignment even. Um, so I'm of two minds. I get it. I'm happy that we didn't lose Brandon as a result of her being convinced to stay to then potentially quit later because something we will talk about later is he already had a strike against him um, going into that situation. So, yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's move to that now and discuss that then. Sure. Um, which is the final thought is the silver lining is at least she did do it now because yeah. um it may have been Brandon going home. Uh, you know, it might be known that it was Brandon going home uh otherwise, and that would have sucked. Um, and so just for the for the sheer entertainment of continuing to have <laughs> this tribe and have Emily and Brandon both as a part of it that the other three then have to like react off of, uh, it is worth it. But yeah, on the on fire podcast, uh, the official, the only official survivor podcast, uh, as Jeff will let you know, repeatedly throughout the podcast, um, they reveal that there was a big major twist that in a lot of shit that was just not shown in this episode, the twist being and tell me if I have this part correct, because I had, didn't mm-hmm. listen to it, but I had read a breakdown of it on social, uh, was that there was someone from the winning tribe who, or one of the winning tribes who was at Lulu's camp up yeah. before tribal council and went to tribal council and was also voting in tribal council with them. Or so they didn't you got vote. to at least watch it. Yeah, so they didn't. So they spent the day at camp with them. They basically we know who that my, person was. Yeah, it was Kendra. Um, so Kendra went to the Lulu camp. And I don't know, I think she was probably like nominated from her tribe to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know the specifics, but basically she went to the camp, hung out for the day and like listened in on all the conversations, everything like that. Um, Which to me adds another layer of difficulty to Lulu trying to have the conversation because at the same time that you're trying to get people and have those one-on-ones, there's also potentially another person listening in who everything you say is getting conveyed to another six people at their camp that you then will have to eventually merge with if you're still around. So I can see how that would level up the difficulty. But on top of that, before my understanding is where she left their camp, she put her vote in the tree mail, which then gets picked up and taken to tribal. So she voted for Brandon which means that before they even got to tribal council, Brandon already had a vote against him. So it makes the vote out of seven rather than out of six. I, I understand, like, I like the idea of somebody from the winning tribe goes to the loser's tribe and listens in, just collects information. I don't think it's right for them to base a vote off of an afternoon of hanging out at the camp because that could be like, you could either, they could have voted for Sabaya or Caleb because they were perceived perceived to be the strongest person on that tribe. Which is what I would have thought she would have done. 
not yeah. be the friendly like oh you guys are all you know he kind of dragged you down a little bit at the first couple challenges right you kind of are all thinking maybe him so i'll vote with you uh yeah i would have i would have assumed having heard this that like oh she would have probably bet she would have been the only one that would have been on emily's side of like yeah right. you should get caleb and sabaya out we couldn't be two more opposite women but we're on the same page and uh then she or brought her we... into the, the sister wives or whatever yeah or did we go one step further and she voted for Brandon because she thought that's where the votes were going and the fact that she was able to vote would One get be hidden aligned. because they wouldn't read it all. Because yeah. um, they wouldn't do the full seven if the advantage went, like if they got enough to get him out. But I don't like that. I don't like somebody else with limited information making a game-ending vote for somebody else on a different tribe. Yeah, I don't... I might have liked it. I don't understand not showing it. I know there was obviously a lot else going on and ultimately the vote didn't even matter. And, you know, we had someone quit and they're fitting all this stuff into the premiere episode and whatnot, but it's so strange because one, then because they added choose to edit it out. It's not just that we don't aren't aware until after the fact. And, you know, then it's it's almost weirder than that. They also went on. Jeff was the one to like revealed on his podcast right away. Not like after the season or something. Um, Yeah which makes me think we will hear about this even next episode, because one, the first thing is if you're going to edit it out, there's so many conversations, most of the conversations that are happening at camp, she's probably around there or whatever. And so like, okay, we have to edit out. So we like, can't really show any of those. So now we have a limited set of things we can show conversations we can show, but then also like her tribe somehow or other, we're not hundred percent sure either she volunteered or they voted or somehow she was sent from her tribe and she was away from her tribe. And I would assume in the next episode, we are going to hear about this, maybe see some flashbacks to like, oh yeah, this happened amongst all that craziness because her tribe obviously is going to talk about it. I don't know that they can edit their way around the fact that she on day two spent day two, not with her tribe, but with this other tribe watching this shit show happening and, you know, would obviously come back with some thoughts and some stories about what's going on. So I think we're going to, hear about this but yeah it's so strange to have cut all of that out um and it'll be even more strange if they continue to try to like cut it out but i think the fact that he put it on the first podcast episode probably was setting us up so it's less of a shock when they do the little flashback and explain it next episode i did notice um, though um because i heard it i heard it between watching so i watched it on wednesday on i watched it on thursday actually because a friend was coming over to watch it then i watched it again to do the notes and they cut when everybody's walking from the beach to go to tribal they cut away after like four people when they're coming towards the camera and when they're showing them going away from the camera they the edge of the screen was like right next right on hannah the whole time and i was like kendra is definitely either at the back of that or she goes to tribal council via some other method and yeah shows up there or whatever but yeah, I, I figure that it is something that will come into play for the rest of the season. It's just because a vote didn't actually take place that they didn't show it. Although it would still be very interesting to see Kendra's reaction to that tribal. So I don't know if maybe she was there for the day, makes the vote, but then isn't there at tribal or I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. It's very strange. I think we'll find out. Um but yeah, a whirlwind of a first episode. We've basically covered 
everything now. And for those who are still with us 90 minutes in when we promised these would be short, thank you. We will do the rest of this podcast speed round style. So yes. let's go ahead and hand out some awards. So the first award to hand out is uh, we're going to do it a longer segment, but we'll do it just a super fast version in or out just on cast members. This will not be a reoccurring award necessarily, but we've kind of already said it, but just without explanation, because we've already heard it. Give me your top three favorite. Not this is not the power rankings we'll do in a second, like who you think is going to win your three favorite people. And if you have any, your two or three least favorite or not interested in because mine aren't necessarily people that I like, I don't like dislike you or something, but that I'm not that interested in. So do you got two or three on both sides of really like and interested in, and maybe are a little less interested in. I'm going to break the rules, but I'll still do it speed round. Um, so the people I'm in on Kelly, Brandon, Austin, Caleb, Sabaya, people who I am indifferent on at this point, um, Emily, Kendra, and I actually don't know anything about Sean or Brando because I didn't really get to see that much of them. Okay. Uh, we have somewhat similar list or some overlap. My three favorites without a doubt are Caleb, Kelly, and Sean and Bruce and Sabaya are honorable mention. Uh, but I'm all in on Caleb, Kelly and Sean. And then the people dislike or disinterested. I, I don't like Kendra. <laughs> um, and I'm now, the other thing is it, of course it was Kendra that was there with Lulu. And that's like, of all the people you could have added to that to be like, I want to know what Kendra and Emily talked about. If Emily was <laughs> blown away by the alien pyramid talk, did Kendra try to go through her astrology chart with her or invite her to be a witch? Like, I want to know what that conversation was. That would be amazing. Um, so I'm kind of out on Kendra. I also think I might be out on Sifu. It's hard to say, okay, yeah. But uh, I expected him to be one of the kind of potential stars of the season. And I expected my reaction to be very positive or like really like him. Um, and it was a little bit kind of similar to D's of like, eh, okay, like, we'll see how this goes. Um, but so far, uh, maybe not as, not as intrigued as I thought I would be. So those would be the only two people. Um, and then I also, I had Hannah on my list, um, and then obviously didn't need to have Hannah on my Fair list, enough. uh, quote of the episode. I didn't actually write down many quotes, uh, or lines of the episode. Did you have any standout lines or quotes that you took note of? I just had the one of, you know what, Jeff, I'm going to sit out sweat, but thank you, uh, from Brandon right after the first challenge. Fair enough. Yeah, I actually, I don't know what the exact words were, but I had Jeff yelling at Brandon to get up and keep going when I thought Brandon was paralyzed as uh, one of the lines along with Drew's, I am one of the smartest people you've ever had on Survivor. But yeah, let's give it to Brandon. Uh, that That's the definite winner. Favorite moment of the episode. I'll give you a couple of my nominees first. Um, sure. Definitely Emily challenging Bruce on the boat at the beginning. That was fantastic. Um Emily's response to the them walking up on the beach saying that they didn't get anything. Sifu getting caught playing Tony. And then Emily at Tribal completely ignoring Hannah's plea to go home with, yeah, but what about Spike and Caleb? Uh, those were my nominees. Do you have any other nominees for the moment of the episode? Um, the complete, the whole conversation about uh, the pyramids and aliens as well as using the buffs as a way to help people up because I had never seen it before in the game. And just Caleb's whole performance 
in the the challenge um he was everywhere but he was doing really well at everything he was doing yeah he crushed it and definitely stood out as being the right type of athlete for uh his skill set as an athlete matching up seemingly with all of the physical requirements that survivor challenges bring to the table. So I could definitely see him continuing to shine in the physical portion of the game. Um, I'm going to, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to vote for the winner of this award to just be Emily for any of the many nominees that I just gave her. What would be your vote for the number one moment of the, of the episode? I'm going to stick with the, the pyramids and aliens conversation. I wonder if those people have watched the very uh, factually holes to be said, uh, the the pyramid show on Netflix that is riveting and really interesting. Uh, but if you are enjoy it or want to believe all of it, don't, don't Google um, any rebuttals. I'll just say that <laughs> um, best or worst gameplay, most standout in either most extreme. I don't know how to say it extreme standout gameplay moment whether that is on the extreme great end or extreme poor end any nominees for the best or worst gameplay of the episode brandon best for coming back in and knowing how to come back into the game um as far as being self-deprecating helping out the tribe however he can being a really calming vibe in the tribe um for bruce both best and worst which was the exact same conversation of i'm going to stand back i'm not going to lead this tribe I'm more than willing to help however I can, but I'm going to take a step back, followed by telling them exactly what they needed to do at every point. Um, And then just uh, Katara or Katura, which we will find out by next episode, her conversation with Jake um, about lawyering. Yeah, those are all fantastic. I would add to it, um, Bat, on the bad side, Sean not helping Brandon right away. Although you do point out, he did at least question like, are you sure I should go up first? So half, half points there. Uh, but yeah, uh, leaving and having to come back later. Um, everything Emily does bad gameplay. I'm going to go out a live and say not great, but who knows could work out for, her. um, Sifu getting caught spying, obviously bad gameplay. Um, Austin being sneakier and ultimately finding an advantage, albeit a be aware one that we both said, maybe we wouldn't personally have taken, but yes. doing the right thing and having done his homework. I don't know if it's the exact same tree, but on all of the recent seasons, there has been an advantage along that beach line. Um, as yeah. you know, the, that was the first time of the season of what will be many where you recognize very specific spots again. And yeah, I don't know if it was the exact same tree where I forget who it was last season, but like the two people were like right there at the same time. And like one grabbed it right from the other, but it was that same little stretch of beach and it might've, might've been the exact same tree. So good job doing his homework. If that played any part. And then uh, the the on the other one is um, Hannah quitting is bad gameplay. True. Yeah. Tactic technically speaking, that's the worst gameplay, and I think she gets the award for the worst gameplay because that's just technically I agree. the most standout worst gameplay you could have in the first episode is quitting. So there you go, Hannah. You get an award off the way out. Episode Boom. MVP. Do you have anyone to nominate other than the obvious MVP of this episode? Um, either Austin or Caleb. Wow. Okay. We take MVP in a different direction here. <laughs> it um, depends. I didn't know how to take it. So I was like, I will go as the MVP like award MVP. is for entertainment purposes. Possibly Emily as well. Also in the mix. Yeah. My votes for Emily, my award goes to Emily. There's no way. I mean, just 
she starts so so aggressive and so strong she finishes the exact same way and everywhere in the middle she doesn't change um so and she's a part of almost every of the like fun moments even you know the the conversation her being the 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 kind of outsider of the aliens conversation everything um i had yeah brandon was like honorable mention and obviously the entire lulu tribe collectively gave us pure entertainment but I've got Emily for my MVP. Who I will who give you Brandon want to my MVP. You want to give yours to Brandon? Okay, Brandon yeah, and Emily. He, each facial expressions, amazing. Every reaction shot was spot on. Anytime that he was in those conversations. Yeah, when they we will, and I keep track of these because these help are a big help when deciding an MVP for the entire season at the Perfect. end, which we will of course do. But on the side of performance, that's where we talk power rankings. So let's close things out with some power rankings and predictions. So power rankings first, and then we'll do a couple of predictions and wishes for the next episode. I'm going to say that because there's too many people obviously left one episode in to like do everyone or anything. I'm just going pure top five people <laughs> you think based on position to win the game or doing well in the game. Who do you got for your top five right now through one episode when we barely know two of the tribes and we obviously have very little to go off of. Caleb, Sabaya, Kelly, Austin, and D. Okay. I like that. I wait, say that again. So I almost agree. Caleb, Sabaya, Kelly, Austin, and D. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, we have four of the five, the same. <laughs> I did not put mine in order. I only was, I, which is, you know, bad to do as the one who said we should do a top five power ranking. Uh, but I, I did pick five and I had D Kelly, Austin, and Caleb as four. And then I was really, really torn. Part of me wanted to put drew, but then the other part of me, I just couldn't help myself. I know she should have been voted out this episode, but like, I don't know. I, Emily's in fifth. Emily's in fifth. It could work. Who the hell, who the hell knows? It could she, work. It could be very different if she somehow miraculously got to emerge. Uh, I don't think she's going to, but she said she was either going to win or go home first. And she did not go home first. So she applied because she was annoyed Gabler won. Was that, she was the one that did that? Yeah, of course yeah. she was. Uh, yeah, which we've gone too long here. We'll talk about that next episode when we inevitably talk a lot about Emily because I have thoughts and opinions about that and the reaction to Gabler in general that I don't agree with. But for another day, let's finish up with predictions and or wishes for the next episode. But before that, I do. Uh, this might be news to you when I sent you this outline, Tony, but uh, especially for Survivor, less for the challenge. For the challenge, um, you know, most of the really returning cast, my preseason pick is my pick. You got to stick to yeah. it. But with Survivor, we don't know these people at all. We're got some bios. We get a couple clips, what have you. So with Survivor for the last couple of seasons, I have allowed myself and those that uh, else doing it to you make your preseason pick because it's fun. But after week one, you do get a one week grace period, one episode worth of data. If you would like to change your official winner's pick, you may do so. Remind me again who you said on the preseason podcast. Sabaya. You said Sabaya. Do you want to stick with Sabaya? Lock it in as your winner's pick. Sabaya, Tony Lance. Yes. Okay. 
we're two for two then. Cause I'm also locking mine in. I'm not changing Kelly also known as Ellie around these Google doc parts. Uh, I am going to stick with Kelly. You're sticking with Sabaya. Lovely. Next week, one question prediction. I'll ask what tribe goes to tribal council next week. Who is the loser? Unfortunately, I think that Lulu is making a return trip. Do you think they would allow it? And by allow it, I mean, not really put, do some like producer shenanigans. Would they allow, and would it be interesting or boring if Lulu lost all six and like their tribe was gone? They will not allow it. You can get down to two and then they will split them. That would make sense. It would be because obviously how would you do a two person unless someone had an extra vote or something? That's what happened to Malcolm on his very first season. Him and Denise, they ended up being... Yep, they ended up being the last two people on their tribe in a in the. And three was this tribe on a three format. tribes here? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they basically they went to a challenge. They each got a different buff, and they went to one of the other tribes. That makes sense. That makes. Yeah. I mean, that's an obvious solution to a silly thought that I had, and now I'm realizing how silly it was because that makes perfect, complete sense. Well, do you think? I also agree. I think Lulu is going to lose again. Um, and uh, I think we're going to continue to not know many people from the Reba and Bello tribe for a, a few extra episodes here. Um, do you think, though, they could potentially get to the two? Per- I mean, we've gotten close then on recent seasons. We've had like Tika was down to three. We've had some three get them get down to three and have another challenge uh, yeah. before the merge. I think on each of the last two seasons, maybe um, I think they could do it. I think they could for sure get to i don't know depending on which three it is like caleb sabaya and sean would be a really well-rounded three that it would be hard for me to believe couldn't do whatever the challenge is whether it's just one big puzzle table game super physical in the water out of the water whatever i would think it would be hard for them to get third again so yeah i don't know but i think i think lulu goes home uh, not goes home goes to tribal next week as well I think they lose Emily and then I think they've like that four is decently strong that they could pull out a win. Well, that leads me then to my final question. Your number one wish, uh, it can be a prediction too, but, mm-hmm. uh, more so your wish or hope for something that will or will not happen next week on episode two. hundred percent. I hope that Brandon is able to find his footing in the game and shake off the time spent in the first episodes stuff. Like it. Love it. Um, mine also has to do with Lulu and has to do with your previous comment and somewhat prediction, uh, that I hope is wrong. Protect Emily at all costs. We need her. I adore her on this show. We need, (laughs) we need villains and she's amazing. And we didn't even talk about how amazing enough of in this 90 to 120 minutes about how amazing and what gold she brought us in this episode. So, if Lulu loses, I mean, I don't want it to be at Sabaya or Caleb's expense or really Brandon or Sean's. I like all of the people because now we they're the only ones we know. And of course I like all yeah. of them, but somehow don't let, don't let them lose. Don't let them go to tribal. If they do go to tribal, switch her out somehow. Just be like, nah, we can't. Emily's on a different tribe. I don't know. I need her for at least like three or four episodes before she goes home. This can't be a two episode and out. Um, flame burning flame of fire but if it is it is and she will have given us a lot in in that short time but i hope i hope that's not the case so that is my wish and that is all for our 
not quite, not two hours, hour and 40 ish minutes here, depending on editing. Uh, so, you know, we almost kept it within the length of the episode itself. And I think our goal as previously stated for you listener is that these will eventually be definitely under an hour. Our goal is 40 minutes. That might be tough. I can't even do 40 minutes when I'm by myself. So that's a, (laughs) that's a tall ask, but definitely under an hour, we will get there once we know the people more. And again, not every episode, hopefully every episode is as exciting as this first one. That'd be an amazing season, but unlikely to happen. Uh, So any final closing thoughts, Tony, uh, heading into week two? No, I mean, overall, it was a good premiere episode. A lot of interesting characters that we still don't know anything about. Um, But yeah, all in all, I'm looking forward to next week. I like the 90-minute format. It allows for more stuff to happen, and it allows you to get to know the players more. Because if this was 60-minute episode, we would know even less about the other two tribes. They wouldn't have been able to show anything from the other two tribes, like at all, at all. If they did, because I mean, the fact that they already cut out this major twist that was a part of the build up to tribal council and stuff, and still that like that obviously takes up so much of the episode. Yeah, if this was 60 minutes, um, we they might not have even introduced the other two tribes to us, they might have just been like, spoiler alert, this tribe loses the first one, and uh, we're just gonna go the it's gonna be a documentary about their first three days on the island, and then we'll fill you in on everyone else next week. Um, so Yeah. yeah, um. Great. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Hit the follow subscribe button for sure. Use the show notes to go over and follow uh, challenge fandom podcast as well and follow along all the great content they are putting out over there. We'll be back next week. We don't know when, maybe again, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday. I will say if we ever can't record by Monday night, we probably won't put the episode out on a Tuesday night before, before, but our goal is to not skip an episode. So we'll be back with you at some point uh, between now and then I will of course have the regular challenge USA content. So be prepared for that. Tony, it was great. I look forward to next week and I look forward to Emily winning survivor 45. (laughs) I agree with most of what you just said.